ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by that sweet summer child himself, Captain Ted. I'm ready, Sills. Shirts open. We're at the beach. That is right, Tibbs, but... We are, of course, two weeks away from the biggest shindig of the summer itself, Summer Fest. But one man is looking to put an end to that. One man's looking to put an end to the JWF as a whole, says that he's bringing an apocalypse to this company. And that is, of course, the night terror himself, the man known as Ghazi. Yes, Sills, despite our best efforts, Ghazi has infiltrated the JWF in his own way. He has taken over the dark corners of the JWF. He lurks in the shadows, and for some reason he has targeted none other than Scotty Moore. That's right, Tibbs. It shocked the entire world. Scotty Moore facing off against the Dillon for the JWF Captain's Championship when Ghazi, of course, came out, assaulted him with that steel chain, beat the hell out of him, blood covering the mat following week we attempted to keep Ghazi out ban him and then of course he attacked someone backstage absolutely destroyed them and made his message clear but of course one man is here to respond to that message tonight one man and his name is Scotty Moore and you gotta think Scotty Moore's a little pissed and he's gotta be a little confused I mean we don't like to talk about it but Scotty Moore he a couple of months ago, we let him run JXT, our developmental uh, territory. Him alongside Blake Tanner, both of those boys took over, and it's been absolutely great. And they've been doing great things with Ghazi down there. They've been doing great things to build him up. So you gotta wonder why Ghazi would go after Scotty like this. I don't know, Sills, whether he feels like his mistreatment on his part not being booked enough, or sometimes maybe he just. Maybe he just doesn't like Scotty's face. That's all I got. Well, Tib, Scotty Moore has returned after that vicious beatdown. And I think he has a response for Ghazi. And I've been told he has a message for something historic that's going to be happening at Summerfest. Let's have a listen. Okay, look, I, I, I know, guys. I know you all want to hear me talk about Ghazi. You want me to come out here and be like, Oh, I'm going to beat you, you, you hot topic gangster. I'm going to take you down. But... Believe me, I have a lot to say, but before that, I um, I gotta come clean, right? I, I mean, over the past few months, I've been struggling in the company. I mean, obviously lost the title, got beat by Chuck Tibbs, we're not gonna talk about that. But uh, I've been kind of having an identity crisis, because in the world of JWF, there's, there's always been two Scotty Moores. There's the Scotty Moore that comes out here every week, heals it up, really tries to get you to hate him, and then there's the Scotty Moore that's behind the revitalization of what I consider to be the best weekly wrestling show there is, and that's JXT. I'm the man who took our developmental territory, took these men who were ready to make an impact, and took them to the main event, and... I went to Captain Tibbs earlier today, booker to booker, man to man, whatever you want to call it, and I looked him in the eye and I said that JXT has earned its spot at Summerfest. It's one of the biggest shows of the year and JXT deserves their spot. And Tibbs agreed, which is why I'm here to announce a new yearly tradition for Summerfest 
the developmental rumble. Ten of my finest JXT superstars are going to come out, cross the battle lines into the JWF, and fight tooth and nail to try and claw their way into this company. And to me, it's a win-win. The JWF universe, you guys get introduced to the greatest talent that JXT has to offer and one of my boys gets to come and prove themselves here in the land of the Giants. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, a couple of weeks ago, Tibbs and I, we were talking about the details of this match. Would it happen? Would it not? And he asked me who my first pick for this match would be. Who would benefit most from being on scene on the grand stage of Summerfest? And I said, Gazi. You see, Gazi, he's... Never really gotten that chance to prove himself down in JXT. I mean, he's had a tag championship run. He's had a few fun rivalries, but he's he's never gotten to that place that I believed he could be in. There's so much more to him than he was showing. But I told Tibbs that that boy would flourish on the main roster, and it appears that Gazi decided to forego all of that and try to forge his own path. And you know something? I can respect that. I can respect a man who pulls himself up by his bootstraps and comes out and tries to make his name on his own. But what I can't respect is when someone wraps a steel chain around my neck and tries to leave me dead and laying. I can't respect when someone who knows that my own damn daughter is watching at home decides to drop me on my skull into a pile of my own blood and I damn sure can't respect when someone claims that I didn't get to where I'm at on this roster off of anything but my own damn sweat, blood, and merit. So, Gazi, look, I, I'm not sure why you decided to make me your first target on your little journey here into the JWF. I don't know if you thought this was going to how, how you make your name or if you just wanted to go after the biggest dog in the yard, but know this. You say this whole thing is prepping for the apocalypse. You're bringing destruction down upon the JWF. Well, let me remind you of this. I've canceled the apocalypse before, and I damn sure can do it again. I've defeated gods, I've defeated demons, and I damn sure can defeat you. So at Summerfest, Gazi, you picked your fight. You dug your grave. And in two weeks, I'm going to make you lay in it. Well, Tibbs, it looks like we got two matches made for Summerfest. This, this developmental rumble where, of course, all of our JXT superstars coming out fighting for a JWF contract. But also, we're going to be seeing Scotty versus Gazi. And that is going to be an absolutely brutal match. You know what, Sills? Now that he mentioned it, I do remember helping him make that. This is, this is something that happened on Tibbs' time. Tibbs', Tibbs time sometimes gets lost. But that, that, that rumble idea, that is fantastic. That is right, Tibbs. And let me tell you something. This is absolutely shaping up to be a historic Summerfest match. We're going to see the finals of the King of the Steel City Tournament. We're going to see those two matches just made by Scotty Moore. We're going to see the, I believe it was pronounced, extraordinary quaternary that epic fatal four-way elimination tag match issued by the war wizards and also we're going to see your boy chuck tibbs face off against the god of the jwf 
Momoa Curry. Momoa Curry said that Chuck, during his title ring, he hasn't proven himself to Momoa yet. And Chuck said, hey, if you want me to prove to myself to you, if you want to step up, I'll put you down. And I got to say, I'm a little worried for the man known as Chuck Tibbs. Phil, uh, I have to say I echo your sentiment there, uh, especially with just Chuck against Momoa Curry. I, I know personally what Momoa Curry can do in the ring. Chuck has seen it many times, but he's never really felt it. He's never really felt it before, if you know what I mean, Sills. And I'm just hoping he continues on the path. That's all I can do for him. That's all right, Tibbs. And we have actually sent one of our top interviewers backstage with Momoa Curry to hear his response. I mean, Momoa may not even want to accept this fight. So why don't we go hear what he's got to say? Let's have a listen. Hello, everybody. Honey Pot Mick, Bunch of Bunch of Crunch Crunch here with the god of the JWF himself, Momoa Curry. Now, Momoa, last week, the JWF champion Chuck Tibbs came out and made a match against you at Summerfest, saying that he was going to prove himself to you. How do you respond to his decision to create this match? Look, Chuck Tibbs is a great kid. I've stood by his side in matches. I've seen him go, and the kid's got wrestling in his blood. It comes naturally to him. And I know when I came out and said he didn't prove himself to me yet, that that wasn't exactly the most popular decision with the JWF universe. I, I know a lot of people thought maybe I was just trying to get a rise out of the kid. Maybe I was trying to goad him into some sort of title match, but... The only reason I told Chuck Tibbs that he hadn't proven himself to me is quite simply because he has not proven himself to me. So far, Chuck Tibbs has beaten one man and one man only, and that's Scotty Moore. And he beat him with only one method. Attempted murder. Go back and watch the tapes. An eccentric force, Scotty Moore wasn't tapping out. Scotty Moore was living through everything Chuck had to throw at him in surviving. It wasn't until Scotty had more blood on the outside of his body than he had on the inside. It wasn't until Scotty Moore literally couldn't keep going without dying. It wasn't until then that Chuck could get the victory. Back at Cash in the Bag, Scotty Moore was surviving and Chuck had to pull out one of the most dangerous moves in wrestling. A move we have only used in apocalyptic situations in the past, the Trinity Bomb, to defeat him. The sheer fact of the matter has been this. Chuck Tibbs has never beat Scotty Moore in a wrestling match. Chuck Tibbs has just left Scotty Moore with the option of getting pinned or dying. And Scotty's a lot of things, but he ain't dumb. He knows he can always get another title shot when he needs it. He knows his career isn't worth that belt. His life isn't worth that belt. But Chuck Tibbs doesn't realize that yet. His obsession with that championship around his waist has become a deadly infatuation. And look, I understand. I was once that person too. And I know more than anyone, it is a dangerous path to go down. Which is why, at Summerfest, I accept Chuck Tibbs' challenge. With one caveat. The JWF Championship will not be on the line. It will simply be two men wrestling for supremacy. 
And it's only when Chuck Tibbs proves to me that in the heat of battle, in the heat of war, that he can keep his mind steady, that he can keep a cool head, only then will he have my respect. Well, Tibbs, strong words there from Momoa Curry, and I'll be honest with you, he's he's kind of right. Chuck Tibbs has been very successful letting his heated passion, letting his fury drive him to success in his matches in the past, but it could also lead him down a dangerous path. What do you think? I don't know, Sills. I know both sides of the coin. I know what it's like to just let your rage take over to win a match and I know what it's like to need to be that calculating constantly planning individual and honestly Sills I find that either extreme is uh, problematic in the ring and I think that Chuck has been leaning a little bit too much to the uh, impassioned rage side what, what I'm interested in though is Momoa Curry has deemed this not to be a championship match. Momoa Curry only wants to fight Chuck in the ring to see what he's got. And Momoa Curry is someone who always is a couple of steps ahead. I'm interested to see why he has not tried to make this a title match. Uh, well, you got to think about this, Tibbs. Momoa Curry, he's come out on te- television much recently and... He said that he's no longer that championship hoarding man that he was in the past. He said that in this, what he considers the twilight of his career, he's not interested in titles. So I think Momoa Curry, whether he wins or loses, he wants Chuck to keep that title. He wants Chuck to keep succeeding. At the end of the day, I think this is an exhibition. I think this is a proving yourself match. And I'll be honest, I don't know if Chuck has the ability to prove himself against a god. We'll have to see, Sills. All I know is Momoa Curry wants Chuck to prove himself. That's right, Tibbs. But another match where a lot of teams are getting the opportunity to prove themselves is, of course, the Extraordinary Quaternary, which is going to be happening at Summerfest. Four teams enter the ring, each one eliminated one by one until only one team stands tall, and that team will be the JWF. Tag Team Champions, of course, the War Wizards issued an open challenge last week saying any JWF, JXT, whoever tag team wanted to come in and answer that challenge, they would be more than happy than to welcome them into the Extraordinary Quaternary. And it looks like we've got our first entrant in our ring right now, the man known as Lawrence Whitney and his associates, Titan and the Blockbusters, two men who are certainly no strangers to the War Wizards. Absolutely, Sills. If, if the Blockbusters enter this match, it is extraordinary. If they enter this extraordinary... Qu- Sills, we gotta come up with a different name for that. That is just a mouthful. The Blockbusters would be a great addition to that match. Well, let's hear what Lawrence Whitney has to say. So, once again, my former clients, the War Wizards, have decidedly dug their own graves. And look, I I will say, boys, it's astounded me so far how hastily you managed to climb out of that six-foot-deep hole that you constantly find yourself in, but I hope you realize that at Summerfest, there's no more escaping. There's no more climbing out. You've not only dug the graves, but you've began to bury the dirt over yourself. There's no escaping at this point, because 
Yes, four teams may be walking in that day. Four teams may be readying themselves to face off in the first ever extraordinary quaternary. Terrible name, by the way. But only one team is going to be walking out with your tag titles over their shoulders. And they are these men standing right next to me. These men are two of the most dominant forces in JWF history. These men are the Bone Crusher and the Titan. And at JWF Summerfest, when the war is over and the dust settles, the world will be proclaiming that their new JWF Tag Team Champions are... Oh, Tibbs! There is some music we have not heard in a very, very long time. It is the music of David Jenkins, Coach James. It is the team of Coach and Friend. I didn't even know they were still employed here, Sills. This is great. That's right. They're coming out to the ring, and they are staring down the blockbusters. You got to think, these men, they've won those titles back for a long time. We know they had some success in the 90s, early 2000s, but they've never managed to get that success back other than maybe a brief rivalry with the BS a couple of years ago after Summerfest, but, or uh, after Wrestlepalooza, but... Now they are back, and it looks like they've got a message for the blockbusters. So why don't we go down and hear what old David Honey Mustard Jenkins has to say. Hey, um, fuck you, actually. Um, I, no, look, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be, be vulgar, but look, you two have had numerous chances to beat him, and from what I've seen, you ain't done shit. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to be honest, I'm trying not to be vulgar, I'm going to church Sunday. But you done all your cool power moves. You even broken one of their damn hands. And despite all of it, you still stand in that ring with nothing to show for it. So it seems to me that if you want to make a bold prediction for Summerfest, the most bold prediction is going to be that the Blockbuster's name will be announced after you become the first team eliminated from the match. And look, look, we, we might be biased and all because you guys happened to kick us out of JXT last November and we almost died on the streets. But look, to us, we're going to let bygones be bygones. And I hope you expect a fully unbiased ass-kicking to await you when we step in the ring at Summerfest because, ladies and gentlemen... Coach and friend are back, and we're entering the extraordinary quaternary. Whoa! Return of the century right there, Tips. Coach and friend are back, and it looks like we've got three teams that are going to be going in. we got our tag champions, the War Wizards. we got the Blockbusters, and then the returning coach and friend, and I just can't wait to see them back in action. This is a great return, especially for the tag division, Sills. Our tag division is now officially stacked to the nine. That's right. Oh, wait, hold on. Speaking of our tag division, I'm actually getting word that there's something going on backstage in the locker room of one of the biggest names in our tag division, the Rising Suns, FOMO Son and Hammermont, man. Uh, let, let's go hear what's going on. Hammermont! Hammermont! Yes? You saw what just happened, right? Yes. And what exactly do we plan on doing about it? The pool's getting full. There's only one spot left in that match. 
We've been undefeated in the tag team division ever since the birth of the Rising Suns. We have ran through former champions, some of the biggest names in the division. We have claimed our spot. And at Summerfest, we finally can take advantage of that hammer man. We can go out to that ring, fight, get the belts. We can get recognition for what we've accomplished. Hammerman, that fourth spot in that match belongs to us. And if we don't act soon, anyone can take it. The Southern Boys, your brothers in the VWO, hell, even bananas in pajamas. Anyone can take our spot from us with just a simple sentence. We belong in that match, Hammerman. It's our spot. My spot at Summerfest is going to be winning the King of the Steel City Tournament for a second time. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a match to get to. Well, Tibbs, looks like we got a little bit of dissension going on between the Rising Suns, and this is the problem we are talking about. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the power rankings. We saw that not only were the Rising Suns number one in the tag team division, but Hammerman on his own was number five in the singles division. So I think maybe that quest to possibly become JWF champion to rise up those power rankings, it might be messing with his head a little bit. That's right, Sills. Uh, Hammerman is divided between two worlds now, and I I don't know what the best option for him would would be. He, he's got a great position right now in the King of the Steel City tournament. He's a former winner of the tournament itself. He feels like he could go all the way again, but... Uh, the Rising Suns are number one in the tag team division. For them to not be in this match at Summerfest, it just doesn't make sense. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, it's definitely a spot they should be in, but I don't know if the Hammerman will allow them to be there. But, of course, we now move on to our main event of the night. Hammerman said he's coming down to the ring. He's got that match against his brother Griffin, and it's going to be... Damn it! Not again! Coach... You've continued to avoid me. You've continued to try and stay away from me, and that's smart. You always were a smart student. I told you to never face a fight that you couldn't win, and you know that you can't win against me. You're powerless, weak, pathetic. And when Summerfest rolls around, I'll be in that ring, and I guarantee you that you won't come out. You'll run away like you always have, because you're a coward culture of failure. Danny fucking Roanoke. We should just disappear off the face of the damn earth. Can we not? Wait, hold on. Tips, tips. Look up on the trot. Look backstage. It's outside of our production truck, and Hollywood Holcher is there, and he has got a bat in hand, and he is busted in. And look there. 
Danny Roanoke. Danny Roanoke broke into our production truck, and Hollywood Hulcher is ready to bring some justice, just tossing him out onto the concrete and levels him with that bat before just dropping down, sending massive punches into the head. Hollywood Hulcher is snapped. Damn. Sills. I don't know if we can have an assault on our hands. We need to keep this in the ring. I don't... Well, Tibbs, he broke... You know what, Tibbs? This is what we call self-defense. That man was on our property illegally. And Hollywood Holcher just happened to have a bat and secure our property. Damn, it wins. That's right, Tibbs. And look at him picking him up before... Oh, sending Roanoke headfirst into the wall. That metal sheeting on the outside of the production truck. You can see a little dent from Danny's head. Look at that security coming out, dragging Holcher away. But, oh, breaks free and just hits a massive elbow straight to Danny's skull. But security once again still having to drag him away. Danny Roanoke laying prone down on the ground. Absolutely brutal. And I'll be honest, Danny Roanoke said at Summerfest he's going to come out to the ring and Hollywood Holcher won't be there. I think Hollywood's more than ready to show up. Yeah, Sills doesn't look like Hollywood was avoiding him at all. That's right, but now we move on to our main event of the night. Brother versus brother. Griffin Clouds versus the Hammer Man. And we talked about it last week. The history between these two is palpable. Hell, Griffin actually unmasked the Hammer Man at one point. That's right, Sills. Dark day for us all. That's right. And now that bell goes ring. Both men locking up in the center of the ring. Both men jockeying for position. And once again, you got to think Griffin's kind of fighting from underneath. He's the youngest brother. He's also the weakest of the VWO. You got to think the hammer man's going to be trying to use that strength advantage. Exactly, Sills. Just like last week against uh, Griffin and Justin. Uh, Justin Clouds had the obvious strength advantage. But Griffin was able to weasel his way out. He was able to get technical on Justin. He was able to use his technical ability to lock Justin into that hold and take him down. That's right. That clo- that Koji clutch maneuver that he's now referring to as the Yahoo special resulted in a tap out from his brother. Oh, but wait a minute. Look at this hammer man backing Griffin up into the ropes, shooting him off. Leapfrogs over before dropping down. And oh, went for a lariat, but Griffin ducks it for a beautiful backbreaker into a neckbreaker combo. Tries to follow it up with a leg drop, but instead Hammerman ducks, rolls him up. One, two, Griffin reverses into a roll-up of his own. One, two, Hammerman reverses. One, two, kick out. Both men standing off. And let me tell you something, these men have been fighting so long, they know each other's moveset so well, Tibbs. That's right, Sills. They were brought up together, trained together. They're brothers. They ate together. That's right. Now Hammerman tossing Griffin into the corner, maybe trying for something big, going for the Haluva kick. But no, Griffin ducks it. And oh, my God. Look at this. Hammerman's boot just colliding with the ring post. And looks like his leg isn't even in a good way. He might have torn a hamstring on that. That was vicious. It was, Sills. That was a good dodge on Griffin Clouds' part. The Hammerman puts a lot of force behind that big boot of his. That's right. Now you see Griffin looking nervous, checking on his brother. You gotta remember, at the end of the day, this might be a fight, but these two men are still family. And look at this. Hammerman coming back with a big chop to the chest. Griffin returning it with one of his own. Both men going for it. But, oh, finally, one last chop. And the Hammerman goes down on one knee. That hamstring giving way. Allowing Griffin to back up and nailing him with the shining wizard. Goes for the pin. One, two, kick out. 
But I don't think Griffin's done. I think Griffin is seeing blood in the water with that injured leg, dragging the hammer man to the center of the ring. And oh my God, just locks in the figure four. And you can see the hammer man in agony. That hamstring's got to be tearing off the bone. Oh, that's it. Sills the hammer man. He's taking a lot of damage to that leg of his. This might snap him. That's right. You see Hammerman reaching for the ropes. There are none to be found. Griffin knew you had to drag him to the center of the ring. Keep him away from the ropes. But, oh, look at this. The Hammerman, he studied the tapes. He knows he's turning it over. He's turning it over. He's reversing the pressure. And, oh, now Griffin clowns his legs are getting worked over. And he's forced to release that figure four leg lock. But now, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the damage might be done. Hammerman is one, a one-legged man right now. That's right, Sills. Everything that he does is based on the power of his legs. If he doesn't have that, then he's completely hobbled. That's right. I mean, he has become the proverbial one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. And we know how that turns out for the one-legged man. He knows he's going to have to adapt at this point. Tries to whip Griffin into the corner, goes for a big splash, and nails it. But he knows. He looks up. You can see him. He, he was about to go for the uh, hammer leg drop, but he was afraid that leg was going to go out. He considered the hammer boot. All of his offensive maneuvers are based around the legs. And then, oh, Tibbs. Tibbs, the ultimate show of disrespect. Hammerman instead calling for the under vapor. That tombstone pile driver maneuver. And he has flipped his brother upside down and, oh, drops him straight onto the skull. Oh, Hammerman falls into the pen with Tibbs. Tibbs. Oh, Sills. That's the music of the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. What the hell are the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys doing here? You can see even Hammerman staring down at him on the stage. I, I don't know what the hell these two men are thinking. Oh, I I I'm sorry, everybody. Were we interrupting something? Uh, I I I we didn't mean to. It's just we got ourselves a little announcement. Oh, Tibbs, Hammerman is going towards the rope, looking visibly upset. Looking at Griffin, looking at the Southern Boys. You can see Hammerman's not sure. Should he complete the pin? Should he go after the Southern Boys? Oh, I don't know, Sills. Here it is. This is the ultimate. He is between that rock and a hard place. Tag team singles competitor. This is the moment, Hammerman. They're forcing your hand. You see, in just a few short weeks, ladies and gentlemen, we've been informed that apparently... The greatest event in JWF tag team history is going down. I don't happen to know how to pronounce the name, but I've been told it involves the word extra. And you know something? It can't happen without the wild-eyed southern boys. History will not be made in this company without our permission. And that's why we'd like to... Oh my god, Tim's! From out of nowhere, FOMO-san, FOMO-san, the tag team partner of the Hammerman drops Sam Adams with that rising sun suplex, but no, immediately gets taken down by Houston Longhorn, who's just beating the living hell out of FOMO-san. This is vicious. Oh, Sills, that's not where you want to see your tag team partner. Oh, the Hammerman, he, he, he looks distressed. He doesn't know what he's going to do. That's right, looking at Griffin, looking back at the uh, wild-eyed Southern Boys, Hammerman, oh, finally shrugs, and he says he's done. He leaves the ring, and he rushes up, going after the wild-eyed Southern Boys, but you can see the damage has been done. The Southern Boys running towards the back. 
And Fomosan goes to check on his tag team partner as our referee at a count of five. And at this point, you can see Hammerman looking back to the ring, looking back at Fomosan. And I'll be honest, I don't know. I think the Hammerman's still contemplating going to break that count. Uh, it, he might still. This is still. He, you got to make your decision, kid. Come on. Use that hammer strength. Oh, Tibbs, it looks like Hammerman has. He reaches down, grabs that microphone. What's Hammerman got to say? Griffin, you better win this crown, you son of a bitch. Me and FOMO got ourselves a tag team championship to win because the Rising Suns are the last team in the extraordinary quaternary. Tibbs, just like that, just like that, we now have a full match made. We're going to see Coach and Friend, the Blockbusters, the Rising Suns, and of course, our tag team champions face off in that epic battle. But we also have the first finalist in the King of the Steel City Tournament, Griffin Clouds. But you got to think I'd be a little bit nervous if I were Griffin. I mean, this is... He got on to the finals, but you got to think he didn't get the victory as honestly as he would have liked to. No, Sills, this is a... This was a hard-fought match between the Hammerman and Griffin Clouds. Both of them looked like they were giving it their all. I, I feel like Griffin would have felt better if he'd gotten the, the win legitimately. But no, it looks like the, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys and then the Rising Suns had different plans because we got a full quaterna tonight. Sure, I don't even. I don't think that's even how we pronounce it, Tibbs. Like it is an. I think it's an impronounceable word. Like you can just Quattro for Loco, Sills. It's Summerfest. The Quattro Formaggio match happening at Summerfest, but we also need to find out who's going to be facing Griffin Clouds at Summerfest for that King of the Still City Crown, which is why next week Funky Flossy is going to be taking on Guy Fieri in the semi-final match. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. Guy Fieri, he's been dominant in the past, but Funky Flossy, he's back. He's got that new Phoenix splash under his belt. I think it might be Funky's time. I hope so, Sills. This might be this might be a time where we see see the new conquering the old, as it were. Guy Fieri has a long-standing history with the, with the King of the Steel City tournament. We've got so much new blood in the tournament this year. I, who knows? That's right. In addition to this, Scotty Moore has actually uh, spoken to us, and he said that the ban on Gazi and this company needed to be lifted. He said next week. He is issuing an open invite to Ghazi to come here to JWF Ignition. And I'll be honest, that might be the dumbest thing Scotty Moore has ever done in his entire career. After what Ghazi has already put Scotty Moore through, uh, I don't know. He's got to have a plan or something if he wants to face that maniac again. That's right. And finally, we are going to see the return of the JWF Captain's Champion, the Dylan, the man who we have not seen since Ghazi interfered in Scotty in his match. So we haven't seen the Dylan since Scotty nearly beat him for his title. And I'm sure that Dylan has a lot of opinions about that that we're going to hear next week. And we will hear them with style, Sills. Hear them with style? Is that a thing? I don't know, but whatever the Dylan does, he does it with a certain style. I mean, he's an asshole, but he does it good. That's right. But until then, remember to support us by donating to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash load of BS gives you access to exclusive content like older episodes of JWF Monday Night War. 
back in the, the younger days. Back when Momoa Curry wasn't even around. Back when the BS were still together. A lot of great stuff waiting on you at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Make sure to check it out. Check out our merch store at merch.loadofpurebs where you can get shirts from a lot of our great competitors here in the JWF. And you could get a poster with my face. That's right, but until next time, he's been Captain Tunes. I've been Silver Spoon. This has been JWF Monday Night Ignition, and we will see you next time.